Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, guys, and I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. And on this episode, we had a fan reach out to us by email who had some pretty interesting haunting experiences. Joshua, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, hi, I'm Josh. I don't know really what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like got, that. Got some cool stories. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, your story sounded different than anything I've come across so far. So I was kind of curious to get you on and hear all about them. As you know, we like to find out kind of where our guests are on the supernatural scale. So zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all. Ten, they're absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? Like I definitely believe in them, but I wouldn't say it's like 10. I guess probably like an eight or a nine. What would you say you were before these supernatural events occurred? Uh, well, before, like, I had had some stuff happen to me, so I'd say I was still like a seven or an eight, but like this stuff was probably like the most convincing experience I've had. Before we get too much into, you know, the story that you're here specifically to tell, maybe you could give us just kind of a brief uh, summary of what some of those prior experiences were. Oh, for sure. You just want me to start from like the beginning kind of? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. It starts with one of my cousins. They lived in a really old house. And one night, my aunt heard my cousin talking over the baby monitor. I think she was like like three years old, probably. And she's like, that's weird. Like, she's in there alone. It was late at night. And she comes in, and she asks her who she's talking to. And she's like, oh, my imaginary friends. And she's like, oh, she doesn't think much of it. So she's like, lets her keep talking, like, puts her back to bed. And then, like, it goes on for a couple of weeks. And she asks what their names are. And she just keeps telling her, Maida and Mabel. And she's like, my, yeah, my imaginary friend Maida told me this. And, like... I don't know what it was, but like it went on for like almost a month at this point, And they decided to look into the history of the house and two kids died in the house. They were both named Maida and Mabel. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I like hate it when I hear those stories, but I love it too. Cause it's just like <laughs> yeah. so cool to me. It's bizarre. Do you know like what kind of things, you know, she claimed that they would tell her? Uh, no, she was too little. And that was a while uh-huh. ago. I did have a cousin who, said that her stuffed animals told her to do something. But I think she was just blaming on them because she got in trouble. I don't know. (laughs) I love stories of like kids that hear things and see things and talk to things. I think it's very unfiltered and kids are more sensitive. They don't really make it up because they don't know about it. Right. They're just like, Oh yeah, this girl was in my room. Yeah. staring at me that's cool cat that's why you need to see six cents you need to get on that it's all no. it's about you haven't seen six cents i haven't right? i've li- i was raised like under a rock i feel like well i probably just didn't want to watch it yeah i'll watch it six cents it's not that we'll scary. do a whole episode on my we'll do a watch party <laughs> bonus episode so um, um did, did your cousin believe she or I, I mean today does she believe that her imaginary friends were ghosts or does she uh I don't really talk to that cousin much anymore, but yeah, she, last time I really talked to her about it, she was like firm that she was talking to some kind of spirit. Yeah. Like my whole side of the family believes that they bring it up as like one of those stories we just don't really talk about anymore. Wow. How old was she again? I think she was old enough to just be still sleeping in a crib. Especially at that age, like you guys clearly didn't, or they didn't know the names of the kids that lived there. Yeah. It's not like she's like reading or listening or hearing people like those names are very unique. So yeah, for sure. That's really cool. (laughs) So did you have some other paranormal encounters as well? Oh yeah. So like I used to think that ghosts were like completely like made up by my brother to try and scare me. Like him and my grandpa would always try to scare me with it when we stayed the night together. And then there was like one night or one week actually. 
I woke up at two in the morning every night, like Monday through Friday. And on like Friday, when I woke up at two in the morning, it wasn't just like waking up. It was like, cause a dog toy had fallen out of the sky, uh, out of the air onto my face. Like it hit me in the forehead and I felt the contact and like, it woke me, it scared the shit out of me. Like I slept on the couch for the rest of the night. I was like seventh grade, I think. And then the next morning I woke up and had sleep paralysis for the first time. So I don't know if any of that has any connection to each other, but did you see anything in the sleep paralysis or were you just, I saw myself. It was freaky. Like in third person. (laughs) No, like I saw myself on the other side of the room wearing the same stuff I was wearing in bed. just like staring at me. Oh, oh another doppelganger it sounds like <laughs> no, not, i hope not <laughs> <laughs> what uh so you don't think it was like your brother or grandfather like throwing a dog toy at you, you no because my door was closed so the door was closed and all the lights were off so i would have seen it if it was open because the tv was on in the other room hmm. maybe there was like a ghost dog that just like <laughs> wanted, like, to, wanted play. to play yeah, <laughs> yeah Did you throw the boy and then like like came back or anything yeah Oh, well, I just want to ask you real quick about your sleep paralysis. Is it possible you think that like that was part of kind of a dream state or are you, you know, pretty convinced that that was something supernatural? Oh, I I don't think it was supernatural. I think it's a coincidence. Like I know what sleep paralysis, I have it a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I have like really vivid dreams. So I didn't really shock me when it finally happened to me. And when you typically have sleep paralysis, do you um, like see someone standing by your bed? I got a concussion my freshman year of high school. And I had one where I saw someone like poking their head around the corner of my door and they just like poke it back and do it again. And it went on for like a minute, probably. That was one of the creepier ones. Probably the scariest one I had was in my dorm freshman year. I was laying in my bed and I woke up and I couldn't move. And there was a girl in my room and then she just started screaming. And then I woke up. <laughs> I didn't know it could make noise in sleep paralysis. So that caught me by surprise. Yeah, I've never heard a sound in sleep paralysis before. I just see giant spiders. Oh, speaking of spiders, I have a recurring nightmare that there's spiders just all over the bed, like big ones. And I think it's real every time. Noah! No. He hates spiders. I hate spiders. <laughs> I feel I would- better about like real spiders, though. They don't, you know, like. I think because of the sleep paralysis, they used to really freak me out, but now not so much. I'll just like put them outside a lot of times if they're not like those like fast wolf spiders that run off, you know? Up to you, Maine. So Josh, you had these experiences and from the emails, were you, you have this kind of crazy story. Now, were you working on a farm or how did you end up in this area where Uh, you had this experience? My friend's family, they like, they own a bunch of different properties all over the town. And so one of them is this farmhouse, like way off, like out in the middle of nowhere. And it was like, has a lot of history on it. It's like, it used to be an Indian internment camp on the Trail of Tears. And after that, it was just like farmland. And the farmer that owned it, he was plowing his land with one of those, like, I don't know what they're called. I'm not really a farmer. I don't want to say tractor, plow, whatever you want to call it. And he fell, off tractor. The, <laughs> <laughs> he fell off the plow and plowed himself into the land oh, and shit. they found him like later. I don't know how much later, but, and wow. so I think that my friend's family is the next people that owned the property after him. Wow. I don't think much has gone on since then. And can you say like what part of the country this was in? Are you comfortable saying yeah, that? It's in the Midwest. It's like okay. drop dead center of the country. I don't know. I didn't ask him if I could tell about his house. So I don't want to say exactly. No, no worries. No worries. No pressure. So you get on this farm. Were you just there to hang out or like, what was your experience on the farm? Uh, Well, he had told us before that he had like some haunted property and everyone's like, Oh yeah, I'm sure you have a ghost house. Ah, that's funny. And then he showed us his picture that his dad took of the side of it. And like, you can just, I don't have the picture. I meant to ask him for it, but you can like clearly see like, someone standing in the window but you can see through them like there's a clear defined face of a man in it and they tell the story they think that's a farmer that died in the land i'm from like a small small ish town used to be a smaller town in georgia and we have a local place downtown that like used to be the house of like you know aunt and uncle of margaret mitchell or something like that like something crazy like that um or it's around this area. And Author of uh, Gone with the Wind, for those who don't live in Atlanta and know 
who Margaret Mitchell is. Oh. It's not a common household name. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, JJ. Yeah. Keeping us keeping us in check there. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, we for school uh, like trips, we would go to the Holiday House, which is what it was called, where this like Civil War dude used to live and uh forever there's been accounts of like this guy that walks by in the front with guns and you can see him in the front window and apparently if you take a picture of the window some people get like his face in it that's freaky of that picture why have we not done an episode on this i don't know, <laughs> I, know <right? laughs> I forgot about that Man. we'll have to make a trip there all right well stay tuned listeners for a future <laughs> episode on the holiday house the holiday house i think <laughs> all right yeah. So Josh, you're at the farmhouse. This guy's planted himself into the field. You show up. What spooky happened to you while you were there? We started off the night, like his family was there. They were all drinking. They're having a bonfire, smoking meat. So they made us dinner and they told us like their scary stories that have happened to them there. And they're like, this house is haunted. Like you guys are stupid for this. Like, I can't believe you're doing it. You're going to stay here. And we're like, oh yeah, sure. And so we're like, we just like tour the land kind of by ourselves and we're walking around. And actually in one of the barns, there was like probably like a six foot hole, like coffin sized, like just randomly covered up by a piece of plywood. And we're all like, whoa, like this is kind of spooky. So we're all, we all walk around and then we're sitting down with his family and they're telling us their stories. Wait, wait, wait. Was there uh, anything in the hole? No, it was just an empty hole. Okay. Like, it looks like something might've been there, but they like, didn't put the dirt back to fill it up. They just put a piece of wood over it. But so we're sitting back down around the fire with his family. And I think it's like his mom like refuses to go in the house anymore because she stayed the night there one night and she woke up like early morning, like when the sun was just rising and said that it felt like she was being pinned down to the couch and something scratched her across the chest and like left three scratches from like shoulder to like stomach. Oh my goodness. And so she like she only goes in the yard there anymore and so like we walk around and there's like a couple horses like a goat like regular farm things and it starts sprinkling so we decided we're gonna go head back inside and just kind of stay there for the night and on the way in we look in like the basement and there's just like a singular footprint in the middle of the basement like no one knows how it got there no one walked down there like there was nothing leading up to it just one footprint in the middle I look at the door that goes upstairs and I'm like, wait a second. Didn't we close that? Cause like it was sitting like probably like two feet open. And my friend looks at me and he's like, yeah, I thought we closed that. And we look at the door and we all just watch it go like and slam itself shut. <gasps> and like, there was no breeze. Like it wasn't windy outside. So I don't know what that was. And so we kind of just hung out for the night and we would hear stuff like in rooms that we weren't in be like shuffled around and like stuff was sliding. And we heard it a lot upstairs, like there were constant like footsteps, but we didn't really like, none of us felt comfortable upstairs. Like the feeling of there was like someone was, you were going to walk upstairs and get stabbed. Like it felt very hostile up there. And we had like a little like GoPro kind of, and we tried to set it upstairs five different times to record what would go on in the hallway without us up there to hear where the steps were coming from. And every time we set it down, we would watch the camera we'd set it down and it'd walk away or we'd walk away and we come back up. And the second we set the camera down, it would always stop recording. Like it just turned itself off. Weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And you saw the door slam shut. I mean, had you uh, like opened up any other doors in the house, like even interior doors? Um, it was like, we had opened up the basement door. We would notice that we would open up a door and then walk away, like all of us together, no one went missing. And we'd come back and the door would have been closed. Like the doors would open and close themselves all night. Like yeah. that's probably like the weirdest thing that happened. Not, not weirdest. That's definitely not the weirdest thing that happened, but it was weird. I mean, I know I, you know, I um, lived in a house once where like we had a room with, you know, two doors on either side. And like, if you opened, like if one was open and then you opened the other one, the one that was open would then shut and it's yeah. just like a weird thing with the air pressure i mean was it like is that possibly why the door might have shut or I mean, that is a that could have happened yeah i don't really it's kind of like something that we can't explain so we just automatically say that it was someone that died there that closed the door for us right, right. Uh, the best way to explain it i guess yeah 
It's yeah. still freaky though, because we tried it the rest of the night. We tried to recreate it. Like we would leave the door open to the same like angle that it was, and it wouldn't close itself if we were watching it. So like oh, we had a camera set up on it, recording it to try and get it again, and it would just sit like that. Like all the doors that were open previously. So hmm. if it was a one-time thing, like gust of wind or something, I don't know. That is crazy because with GoPros, it's not like you need like internet connection or anything. No. Like as long as it's charged, it should record. And you hadn't had any issues with that before. No, it was a, we just took it out of the package that day. What? Very weird. Fresh out new batteries. And this was, I mean, you, you only had one GoPro, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, we, not necessarily like every, I mean, I mean, there was maybe you had like a, a defunct uh, GoPro camera, defunct. but yeah, that's definitely, I, I don't know, a dud. I don't know. Defunct. Uh, it wasn't funky. I don't think defunct is, <laughs> it was defunct. you know, <laughs> you, a, a malfunctioning camera, but yeah, that's probably better. <laughs> Isn't defunct what you do to like ferrets to make them not stink anymore? No, I'm thinking <laughs> defunct is like like uh, you can you know defunct something that's not true. Like what's what's the end of a skunk? That's, that's what that's I was thinking not, of. I oh, maybe to, defunct. He means debunked. debunked is the word. <laughs> I have problems with words, y'all. <laughs> He's trying to debunk the camera. <laughs> De- but no, because you guys, uh, did you use the camera for other things that week? No. Okay. Never. I took it out of the package like the day that we went there. I was, okay. I was like, I got it for Christmas like a year ago and I had never used it. And I was like, hey, this is the perfect time. Like, I'll just set up a camera somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So after the doors were slamming shut and you guys saw the footprint, what was the next uh, spooky thing that happened? Uh, well... I don't, it's, this probably wasn't ghost related, but like lights would just turn themselves on and off. Like we'd like watch a light flick off from the other room and be like, look at each other. Like you guys do that. Like I'm sitting right here. I didn't do that. But then I think that people would like go to the bathroom in pairs because like they didn't want to like, they wouldn't go into the bathroom, want to stand outside of the bathroom, but like they were that freaked out by the house itself. And they'd be like, someone would turn around and they'd be like in the other room while the person was going to the bathroom and the door would close again and the door would open like when they're in the bathroom or something and no one would have opened the door. And then one time one of my friends gets up to go to the bathroom and he closes the door and he comes out of the bathroom and he's like, guys, like, stop messing with me. And we're like, what are you talking about? Cause like we were just sitting in the room, like talking, like having a good time. And he's like, guys, like this isn't funny. And we go over there and every like dish had been taken out of the cupboard and set upside down on the floor. Like no one heard a oh, single weird. thing. Like, I, I, it could have been him like taking the stuff out of the cupboard, but we didn't hear like anything clinking around. Like we weren't being loud either. Like, I don't know how that happened. So we interviewed a girl uh, last week who has like a, some sort of something in her house that is opening and closing cabinets. And she came downstairs and there were just dishes all over the floor. Um, we've really only heard about things getting moved a lot when it's like a jokester kind of ghost or like maybe they want you out. Remember the guy, uh, we, we interviewed another guy too who lived in Midtown. Well, we don't know what the ghost motivation is. Well, I'm just saying, clear. I'm just saying. We the, have not the, heard that side of the, the story. The theme of these interviews have been like, the, the ghost is clearly doing things to get attention of sorts, oh, yeah. whether it be like bad attention or pranking or goofy. I don't even know, but. It's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, we've had a couple, I mean, not a, a whole lot, but we have had a couple interviews of like people whose, you know, like dishes have been moved around and things flying off the table and, you yeah, know, I don't like know. poltergeist kind of stuff. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it was a poltergeist. Nothing flew around or anything. So do you think it is the guy, the the farmer that... There's a lot of things it could be because I know some messed up stuff happened if it was on the Trail of Tears, but I definitely think that it, the farmer has a role in it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I just really quickly want to circle back um, uh, that the definition of defunct oh, is an adjective no longer existing or functioning. So and, just, and it's spelled D-E-F-U-N-C-T. And I thought you were saying defunct, like like funk. Defunct. 
Okay, JJ, have your moment. All right. You were right. He was right. All the ferrets are safe. We know. <laughs> so did you guys experience any other uh, weird stuff in the house or was that kind of the... Yeah, so after that, they, my friend goes, oh, I think it's time. And I was like, what? And he pulls out like, I don't, he pulled out like a few candles out of his bag. And I was like, what are you doing with candles? And he's like, let's do a seance. No! <laughs> you're going to say, let's do like, a sex party. And you're like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not married. And so, yeah, he's like, well, yeah, let's do a seance. And I'm like, what is that? Like, you got to tell me what that is. And he's like, well, it's basically like a super Ouija board. And I was like, oh, heck no. Like, I was, I was just getting into religion at that point. So I was like, definitely not. Like, I'm not trying to pull out my cross necklace i was like we're i'm not doing this i'm going home and so it was like five of them and they all sat around and they're like josh you can sit in you can sit out and not do it or you can like just go like off the property so you're like for sure not involved in it and so me and two other people we drove around for a little bit because like that was where we drew the line and we came when we're leaving the house we look up in the window and or one of my friends looked at the window and he swears up and down that he saw someone looking back at him and he blinked and they were gone. I don't know if he was just trying to pull our leg or something, but we drive around and they do the seance. And during the seance, it was four of them around the table and one person was just sitting in the other room. And like they, one of my friends went, was holding the other guy's hand and his hand went completely cold. And he was like, what in the world? And like he squeezed his hand. He's like, dude, are you okay? And like, out of nowhere, he just like, hits his head on the table, like collapses, like just like passes out. And everyone's like, what, what in the world? And then they hear stuff like moving around upstairs, like stuff flying around. The lights start to flicker a little bit. Oh. And he was like, dude, what the heck? And like, they finish it up, blow the candle out. And my friend gets up like a minute later and they're like, are you okay? Like what happened? And he was like, just like not really talking. And he went and laid on the couch and like just kind of went to bed at that point. And like to this day, he doesn't, he doesn't remember anything from that night. Now, so, like, are, how sure are you that this happened or your friends were like pranking you because you left uh, well, weren't part of the seance? They are like pranking kind of guys. But like when I came back, like they looked scared, but yeah. they looked like people that had just like actually seen a ghost. And he was like laying on the couch sleeping. And I was like, like he was fine. Like he was like yelling, like messing around before we left. So. I don't know what happened to him. It's, that's kind of creepy, though. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be the biggest no for me. If yeah. someone was like, let's do a seance in this house, in this location where all these things have happened and all these things oh, we've no, been hearing. No. Let's do it. Let's invite this spirit to torture us more. I would be so down for the seance. Is no. it seance? I mean, Is you have to, like, experiment and investigate, right? You know? Yeah, like, I wish I would have stuck around and did it because, like, they're all fine now. Like, I I didn't want to be like the person that got strangled to death by a ghost in his sleep. So yeah. <laughs> so with the seance, do you just like light candles and you invite the ghost in? Is that kind of you try uh, to communicate or you have to sit on a table and light the candle in the middle and everyone holds hands and you close your eyes and it's like a Ouija board without moving the thing. And it's supposed to like communicate with you, like either, I don't know, like through your mind or like through stuff around you, but like it's supposed to increase the stuff that the spirit can do with you. Interesting. Or if it's in the movie Beetlejuice, it makes everyone get up and start singing um, that uh, is some Harry Belafonte songs. JJ, you should do a seance and see if you can finally have sex with a ghost or, or you guys can have <laughs> sex with a ghost. No, I do not approve. <laughs> you said that, I could have a whole pass. You can. <laughs> if it happens, go for it. But I don't want to be in that. So at least it wouldn't be much of a cleanup. Um, so I know in your email you mentioned so, uh, a, <laughs> you mentioned a Ouija board experience. Is is oh, that yeah. the Ouija board experience you were talking uh, about, or is no, that the Ouija different? board experience is completely separate from it? Okay. Oh my god! And you have a Ouija board experience? My brain. It's, right it's now. not that crazy. It's just like one thing that happened with it. I'll tell after I finish the house. Sure. But so like the seance is kind of the peak of when stuff happened. Like. A couple of people like went home after it because they're like, oh, like that's kind of creepy. Like I don't want to be here anymore. And so I think like five of us stayed the night. And there's this one guy there that was like super skeptic, and he was like, 
I want to like, I want to see something else. Like I need to be convinced. And so we went out and decided to like walk around the property. like just see what we could see. It was like three 30 in the morning at this point. And I had to be at work at six. So that was not a good idea, but he had like a military grade flashlight, like one that can see like for miles. And we start walking around and we go up on this hill and we see like a light in the distance. And we're like, what, what in the heck? And there's, it looks like a, a fire, like a campfire, right? Like off in the tree line, like of this guy's private property, like no houses around for miles. And there's a dude pacing around in circles around the campfire. Like, I don't think this part's paranormal. It's just kind of freaky. I like to tell it. But and I was like, what in the world? And so I was like, hey, and I yelled at him and he just kept pacing. And then I shined the flashlight at him and flicked it on and off a couple of times. And then he like stopped in front of the campfire and we saw him turn around and stare at us. And like the second he like turned his body, it started pouring and like thunderclapped. Like that's honestly one of the scariest moments in my life right there. And like we tried to run and it was like super muddy and we all started falling and I ran into a tree. Like, oh my God. <laughs> You guys, how are you like traumatized from this experience? No, it was, it was fun. I want to go back. I'm like one of me and a couple other guys wanted to go back, but we haven't gone back. The footprint was still there when we got back to the house though. And so did your, your friend's family, they live on this property, but they don't live in like the main house. Oh no, they don't live on the property. They, they own like four or five properties across the city. Like I think they rent them out to people. They live like probably like 20 miles from it. So they're not really in contact with it. And out of that whole experience, I mean, what is the, the supernatural event that sticks out the most to you that made you go from like a seven to a nine, would you say? Like, it doesn't sound that significant, but like when I watched the door slam itself shut and tried to recreate that experience and it wouldn't happen, like it just like, it scared me. Like it sent chills like all over my body. Like, you know, when you get like that shockwave that goes from like your neck to your toes, yes. it was one of those. It was like TV static. We do. JJ, I don't think he knows what that is. <laughs> I know what chills are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're always talking about you don't know what energies are, or, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ugh, that's so scary. I would have left so fast. I'm the biggest chicken. So after all of, you know, this craziness at this farm you still wanted to do a ouija board oh yeah like ouija boards are i didn't do the ouija board i watched it like uh-huh i, I still don't want to invite stuff into my life that i don't know anything about but like so if we're moving on to that story it's like this takes place the other side of town like nowhere near that there's this like there's this big public lake owned by the state and there's this trail that you go off and there's a little cement patch with like graffiti everywhere and my friend was like, bro, let's do a Ouija board. And I was like, uh, I'll watch you guys. Like, that's kind of scary. And they put the Ouija board down and they have a flashlight on it. And they're like saying stupid stuff, like being funny. Like, oh, I don't believe in ghosts. And then there's these two girls. My friend was dating one of them. And the other one was her sister. And no one, like, no one was friends with them. Like, we didn't like them. But they had to come because he was dating her. And so... She's like, okay, like we're going to find out right now, like if this is real or not. And so she gets down with two people that she doesn't know and her, and they all put the thing on the Ouija board and she closed her eyes and like turns around and she says, what's my mom's name? And it spelled out her mom's name, but like it, like put like an I word that wasn't spelled. Like it was like a slight misspelling. Like if you're going to do page, like P-A-I-G-E, it's like P-A-G-E, but it spelled out her mom's name when she was, had her eyes closed and turned around. And then they're like, is your mom's name this? And she opens it down and she's like, that was, that's my Ouija board. So it's not that exciting. But. <laughs> okay. So the girl that her mom's name was spelled out, she wasn't touching the board at the time or? Uh, she was touching the board, but she had her eyes closed and she was like turned around. She's like, I'm not looking. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to accidentally do it. Gotcha. And no one else knew her mom's name? No one knew her mom's name. That's kind of cool. Maybe her mom knew the ghost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? At some point we have to do a Ouija board thing, obviously like post pandemic. I don't guess there's like a way to do it right now. Online. But yeah, an online Ouija board. I was even thinking like we could do an improv show where like people that claim to be, you know, connected to Ouija boards, we could have them come on the show and that be our offer, like whatever the ghost tells them on the Ouija board. 
Oh, yeah, be fun. Nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, great improv idea. I love it. Anyway, um, so we've kind of gone through, I think the list I saw in the email, was there any other supernatural stories you wanted to share with us? Uh, yeah, I just thought of one actually. It was like my sophomore year in high school, I my grandpa had died like a few years prior and like it was just hitting me that like it was like permanent and stuff. So I think like that he was trying to communicate with me at some point in time, but I wasn't getting it and not even getting like I was in my room, like I was playing Skyrim, just kind of having a good night. And I, it was like one of those nights where you keep looking to the side, like cause you feel like someone's watching you. And I looked to the side, like, like probably like the fifth time. And I saw my grandpa standing in the doorway and he just faded out. I ran to my mom's room, <laughs> like 16 year old kid running to his mom's room. Like that's how bad it freaked me out. I was like, is what is happening right now? Okay. First, Josh, way to bury the lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, so was it like a, a see-through version of your grandfather or like, how would you describe uh, the apparition? At first, like the more I think about it, like that's how I knew it was my grandpa. I didn't know it was him at first. Like, I honestly thought that there was someone in my house and he had like just like disappeared or like turned and walked away. Mm-hmm. Like that's how vivid it was. Like I know I didn't see something that wasn't there. Well, that's yeah. kind of cool that he came and saw you though, you know, after he yeah. passed away. Did you, did you feel like more at peace with everything after that? Well, like it took me a while to understand that that was what I think happened after a while i was like okay like yeah i'm pretty sure that's what happened like i'm glad that he like finally like came and talked to me like and that's cool like i've heard before that if like you have dead relatives that you want to speak to if they do something that scares you they'll just stop like trying to communicate with you entirely because they don't want to scare you mm-hmm. i don't know how much truth there is to that but it, it sounds like it makes sense so yeah. hypothetically if that is what happens I guess they really think that just peeking their head around and walking away fast doesn't scare us. It does. <laughs> they're, just, they're just trying to check up on us. That's why nobody's visiting me because I get scared by everything, like everything. Like I jump at literally everything. So maybe well, I just need to work on that. And then Kat and JJ, have you guys ever had a dream before where like a dead relative or friend has visited you? Yeah, I have. I've had a, a couple. I don't you, think I have. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Do you have dreams, JJ? Or <laughs> I have dreams. No, uh, I don't know if they're real yet. <laughs> I've Josh throwing shade. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> I, I don't know. My family just. I guess they're not big on visits. So. <laughs> I had one uh, after my father's mother passed away Hmm. and she was like her younger self but and she was like smoking cigarettes which is what she has always done and she just seemed to be like lounging at a bar I don't remember a lot of details but I do hear if you're visited by them in your dreams you always like remember them you know how dreams will like disappear in five minutes well that one I remember really well and then um one of the kiddos that I worked with for a while passed away um, very unfortunate situation. And I, she came into one of my dreams, like right before I went to, um, like her parents' house, I was literally going to her parents' house the next day for like a memorial thing. And she was in the dream. Um, we were doing therapy. She was like running across this thing. Cause usually like we had, ju- she had just learned to really like walk confidently, but she was like running over these things and jumping and laughing and giggling. It was really cool. So, yeah. I don't did you feel more at peace? I like did that. Did you wake up feeling comforted after that? Happened? Yeah, it was really comforting. Definitely, yeah. I feel yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah I don't I feel have, bad. What? <laughs> Sorry, no. I was just gonna say like I mentioned it to her mom, saying like it brought uh, me a lot of peace. I'm excited to see you guys. And her mom was like, I wish I had dreams, and then I felt bad. Uh, well, you know, I can't help that. But <laughs> yeah, I had somebody who helped raise me, um, and then was like a pretty big part of my life who passed away my junior year of high school. Um, and then she visited me in a dream. Like I want to say maybe like 
three days before the funeral and it was pretty crazy. It was just like in my backyard and we sat down and talked and like, she talked me through like her passing away and how everything's fine now. And I didn't need to worry because you know, she's not in pain anymore and all that kind of stuff. And then I woke up, obviously I don't know if that's supernatural or anything. I mean, it could just be like our brain's way of dealing with trauma through you know, a, a dream or something like that. But like you said, it is interesting. I remember every detail of that dream and I am a vivid dreamer, but I don't usually remember everything, but, but that dream has always stuck out to me. And like, I'm, I'm glad it happened, whether or not it's real or not, you know, it's, it's still a nice thing to take place. Right. Yeah. Dreams are confusing. Cause like I'll have nice ones like that. And then the next day I'll have a nightmare where I think Same. I killed my aunt and I'm like, <laughs> well, I've never killed your aunt before, but I have nightmares. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dreams are, dreams are crazy for sure. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on the podcast. That farm sounds super haunted and too bad that farmer passed away. That's sad, but yeah, yeah. it definitely sounds like something spooky is going on there. Something. I feel like if we went with less people, we could have had better stories because we don't know what's real and what's not. Like who were playing pranks on us. If you ever grab that picture, we'd love to see it. And if anyone from that trip wants to come on and tell their perspective of it, that would be cool too. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Do you know if they've ever had like a paranormal investigators go out there or anything? I know they had people reach out to them, like paranormal investigators that saw the picture and heard about the land and they're like, we got to come here. And they're like, no, like this is our land. Like we don't want you on here. Well, that's understandable too, I suppose. (laughs) Well, this is our podcast and we did want you here. So we're glad you stopped by and (laughs) don't be a stranger, Josh. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. It was awesome. Thank you, Josh. I will say when I read the email about Trail of Tears, I thought it was going to be more like that would tie in. I guess it just means that there's been a lot of trauma in that area. And maybe that trauma kind of leads to spooky stuff happening. But before the episode with Ashley, I would have dismissed some of the like door slamming and footsteps and like things moving around in the cupboard. But now that like I've seen videos of that stuff happening it kind of confuses my ability to write things off as a skeptic as easy as it would have been before. I don't know. Have you guys experienced that too since that episode? I feel like I uh, relate to that a lot. I mean, I think everything sounds a little more plausible after, you know, having seen some of those uh, videos from Ashley. I can like totally imagine some old dusty farmhouse in like at night the middle of nowhere and just like how freaky that would be. And, you know, maybe like, because you're already in like such a creepy kind of situation and you know, there's like that awful history of, you know, that man dying. And then obviously like, you know, mass genocide of native people um, occurring on that farm. Yeah. Um, Maybe your senses are a little more heightened um, and, like you're just kind of prepped so that when there is an, a noise or a disturbance that it seems a lot bigger in your mind. But like you said, it all seems a little more possible now. Yeah. I would love to hear from the, the owners of that land. It seems like they maybe have like a, a, a culmination of stories. Like the mother apparently woke up in the middle of the night with like scratch marks down her chest. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so weird. Um, I mean, I guess sometimes I wake up, and like or not necessarily wake up and notice it but like I'll notice like some scratches on you know my arm or or somewhere on my body and I'm like oh I don't know where I got those but yeah I mean some of that uh, stuff we can probably do to ourselves while we're sleeping tussling around you know but yeah I don't know that was it's it's interesting that kind of stuff does scare me in the sense of like like you were saying it's definitely a spooky environment um, yeah. And with all the lore and stuff, I could see how you could kind of be triggered into everything seems supernatural at, you know, three in the morning at a site right. like that. Like his friend wanting to see that face in the window or whatever it may be. Yeah. Now the Ugh. GoPro thing is a little strange. Yeah. Kept turning off or whatever. I don't know. GoPros are pretty reliable. So that's weird. The thing that gets me the most maybe is that this farmer plowed himself. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, how many times do you think this is like the weird deaths like that that will never be reported or recorded or known about? Because all of history, I'm sure crazy stuff like that happened all the time. 
Yeah, I bet he was definitely like defunct after he plowed himself too. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like back. he was for sure defunct. <laughs> I I just gotta say, I I grew up around a lot of farmers and like people who work on a farm and intimidate the hell out of me because I feel like they're constantly judging me for just living a pampered life or something. So to be in a, a house that is allegedly uh, haunted by a dead farmer sounds like. Awful. As much as I want to see a ghost, that sounds like the most horrible Dude. situation for me. Okay, to see. so I've got a like a horrific farmer story for you guys. So when I was a teenager, my mom had drove to the neighboring town, it's about an hour away, and kind of the outskirts on this farm, and she was going to get a cat, one single cat. So she uh -huh. showed up, and this guy walks out. And he's like, oh, you're here to look at the cats? And she's like, yeah, you know, so I get this cat. Um, I've been talking to your wife. And he's like, well, she, she died yesterday. And my mom was like, what? He was like, and I, I can't care for these cats, so somebody needs to take them. Uh, so his wife, they were farmers, she had got stuck in some farm equipment. It was one of those things that had like a circular like gear and her clothing got stuck in the gear and it sucked her in and oh killed her. She's defunct now. And so my mom left with 12 cats, 12 like show cats. Like, Oh my God. One was like a grand champion in cat shows. Oh, so these weren't like farm cats. These were no. like, cats yeah, like, like these kittens would sell for like between three and $500. Like it was wild. We had this little house like outside of our house. It had like a TV in it or whatever. Uh, I would hang out in it with my friends. She turned that house into a cattery. We're really going to learn some stuff about Noah right now. We went from having one cat that was my pet as a child to having 12 cats. And now my mom was raising and showing cats. So we would uh, like best in show. Have you guys ever seen that? you like, yeah, like one of the best comedies ever. So it was like that, man. And, and like I, as a kid, like a, a, like a teenager, instead of playing with my friends, I was going to cat shows with my mom, having to like, you know, haul these like pampered cats that wouldn't do anything for themselves. Like when they would have their babies, we had to learn how to like give birth to these kittens because the moms wouldn't do it. So like we would have to cut the cords, cut the sacks, like pull the kittens out because these super pampered cats are just like, meh, I care not for my kittens. And you just have to take care of them. Like something that like deep down you think your mom kind of always wanted to do, or was this just kind of A like life crisis? Oh, I guess. We have these 12 cats. We might as well show them and breed them. You know, one thing about my family, we really like a deal. And I feel like she probably knew these cats were worth a lot of money. And she saw an opportunity. And we kept them until, until my sister came along. And then all of a sudden, we didn't have cats anymore. So once she had to deal with like a real human baby again, all the cats were gone, you know, so she gave them away or sold them or whatever. But it was a weird, like, I, I love animals, so it was fun, but super weird to be like a teenager going to cat shows every weekend. Like, <laughs> I might be okay with changing that part of my childhood if I could. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I just realized, I don't think I've told many people that story. Um, yeah, I never would have guessed that you used to show cats. Yeah, me, me either. But it was, you've met some pretty wild characters though. Anyway, you guys ever show cats or dogs or ferrets or anything? No, but I do have a, a tough farmer story. Oh no. Uh, so my, my grandpa was a farmer, another farmer that uh, intimidated me a lot. This coincidentally is the same grandpa that maybe was trying to contact me through a medium on one of our episodes. Teresa, yeah. Teresa the medium, check that episode out. Right. Oh, yeah. Early like, days of the podcast. Like, farm equipment is so dangerous. There has to be, like, so many accidents that happen. And so he somehow got his finger chopped off in, like, you know, a, a tractor or combine or something. Just wrapped his finger, his dismembered finger up in a handkerchief and then drove himself to the hospital and got it stitched back on. Oh, my god! Like, gosh. just drove himself. No, like, didn't make any fuss about it. Just was like... There's my finger. Because the older generations were tougher than us. They're not sensitive crybabies like us. Well, wow. he probably fought in like one of the world wars or something, right? So he probably was tougher. 
You had to walk to school in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. I, far, the farm life is not for me. I, I grew up like around a lot of like country people and stuff and I couldn't wait to get to the city and like, that's just, that's not my, my scene. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I don't America know. needs farmers. It does. It does. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. So guys, how do we wrap this episode up? We've gone from <laughs> the farm to the cattery to back to okay, the farm. This is how we're going to wrap it up. Each of us are going to think of the craziest way you could die on a farm. And we're going to say it. Oh, so you get five seconds to think about it. And then JJ's going first. Stampeded by cattle. You think that's the worst way to die at a farm? Yeah, because it's like, like if you're a cattle farmer or a cattle rancher. You don't have to explain it. You've been like, <laughs> you, you've made your livelihood slaughtering these animals and then, and then they and then to have the tables turn and have them stampede you to death i just feel like there's uh some some bitter poetic justice sure, in, but in do your you think, last final moment do you think that's more painful than like being plowed um i think with the plow it might be over quicker jj how painful would it be for you to get plowed <laughs> I haven't been plowed before, so my body's just not used to that kind of intensity. All right, Noah, what would be yours? Okay, so I know I'm always sharing stories. So this is one that I thought almost happened to me on a farm. So this is what I think would be the scariest. So let's say you're near a stream. You yeah. got to go to the bathroom. You don't have any toiletries to aid you in said bathroom activities. Like Wait, toilet so is this paper? number one, number two? Clearly number two. Number, clearly number two. <laughs> so you don't have toilet paper. Nope. And you look over there and you go, that's a giant bidet. You know, I'm just going to go get in it. Okay. So, <gasps> so I would think the scariest way to die is you're already a little embarrassed about what you're doing. You didn't expect to find yourself in a stream trying to take care of some paperwork in the office and then you look behind you and you see a giant snake coming towards you as you're also going to the bathroom and then you have to make some life decisions about what's more important going to the bathroom or running from a snake and then the snake gets really close and you realize it's a big stick but had it been a snake and it it bit me and I died I think that would be the worst most embarrassing way to go on the farm. I just want to get this straight. So you were, oh my God. you were shitting near a stream and then you were like, I don't have anything to clean this up. So what you just like, like naked from the waist down, submerged yourself. Okay. In Let's stream. get a couple of things right. Like, I'm a gentleman. I was so going number two in the stream. Not yes, thank you, Noah. Stream. We need more gentlemen on this podcast. <laughs> I was in the stream already with my undergarments down, going to the bathroom. Wait, you shat in the same stream you were standing in? Yes. It's not a nature poop, it's hard. All right. The water goes one direction, you can face that direction. I wasn't like in the line of fire. You, and you don't have to teach us how nature poop, JJ. This is the end of the podcast. This is supposed to be fun and short. <laughs> And I right, and yeah. I was already self-conscious about what I was doing. And then I saw a giant snake coming after me and it, it turned out to be a stick. But. So one, he needs to learn how to age your poop. And two, you should take a snake identification course or some sort of course so you know if it was venomous or not. Because if well, it wasn't venomous, it might have just like headbutted you and gone away. Yeah. Venomous well, too. But that like, area is like littered with water moccasins though. So I just assumed it was a water moccasin. But. Okay, so I think like maybe your parents left and they died and you were young and you were stuck on the farm still and you don't know how to take care of the animals yet because you're too young or maybe you just never watched. And so you go to play with the pigs because you always did that and then they ate you alive. <laughs> That's mine. What? Yeah, that would be scary. What's the what's and the painful. Brad Pitt movie where they do that? The guy feeds people to uh it's like the where he's the bare knuckle boxer. So Snatch is the movie I was thinking of. Have you guys seen that? No. Oh, such a classic. He has a great like accent in that movie too, if you're into such things. And they but they feed people to pigs because they eat everything. There's nothing left. Anyways. I'm that trying was to yes and your story, cat. That's all I Oh. <sighs> 
Exactly. You get me. Yes, that would be horrifying. I don't want to ever be eaten by an animal. But my greatest fear is driving on a bridge over a big body of water at night and my car, for whatever reason, goes off the bridge and lands in the water. And then I, I die because I get eaten by a shark after I break out the glass. And I'm, that's my biggest so fear. So this bridge oh. is going over the ocean. Mm-hmm. So like you think you've just escaped the grasp of death. And then and some sea creature gets you. Like every time I go into New Orleans, granted it wouldn't be a shark, but I think of a big alligator eating me over that. You know that, have y'all driven to New Orleans, that huge bridge with the water underneath it you have to go over? Or like a ghost grabbing your leg under the water and pulling you down. Anyways, we are way far away from ending this podcast. <laughs> I had a great time. Joshua was a delight. I loved hearing his stories. It's really cool that he's been tuning in and he reached out. Absolutely. If anyone else out there has a story that they're itching to tell us, or you hear something that you think we need to know about, please let us know. Email us at realhauntingspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at realhauntingspodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Real uh, Hauntings Real. And follow us on TikTok at Real Hauntings Podcast. We have a TikTok and it's super fun. And we're going to make all the content and you'll never need any other content in your life. Yes, your one-stop shop for ghostly content. We're going to be everywhere. The podcast at that point. You well, just, you know, they need the podcast. <laughs> be TikTok. <laughs> and as always, please rate and uh, subscribe us. And review us. <laughs> and review us. Get uh, our logo tattooed on your body and send us a picture. Uh, just kidding, but that would be cool. No, do it, please. I want to see that. We love our fans and we love doing this. So Absolutely. Keep tuning Absolutely. in. Also, because I, I clearly like to talk right now. Um, we're close to a year since our first episode aired, which is wow. super exciting. Yep. And I've thoroughly enjoyed doing this with you guys. Absolutely. It's been a blast and could never have guessed the podcast would get this big so fast. So I, I can't wait to see where the next year of this podcast goes. And I, I really think the sky's the limit. Um, and I feel so fortunate to still be able to have something during the COVID times to feel connected to my friends and to still get to be creative. Uh, and this podcast has really been a gift in that way. Definitely. All right. Well, with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. No. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.